0: Okay, welcome everyone, um, great to be with you, this is another episode of James Talks, and I'm really excited today, I'm totally pumped because we've got um, Rob Bell with us today, so welcome Rob, it's really great to have you here. It's
1: my first time on James Talks, it's yeah. awesome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah it is, so uh, we're, we're talking to Rob Bell today about um, lots of different stuff, and if you don't know who Rob is, he's a... Um, New York Times best-selling author of quite a few books, including Love Wins and Velvet Elvis, What We Talk About When We Talk About God, and he's just released a new book as well called How To Be Here, which we're going to talk about a bit later, and uh, he's also a speaker and makes loads of short films and tours, and yeah, he's pretty awesome. Basically, if you've uh, Basically, I would recommend anything he's ever done, pretty much. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) And I got to meet him last year as well, which was really cool. He remembered, which I didn't think he would remember, but he did. Um, um, So that was pretty cool. Um, So, yeah, welcome, Rob. Really great to have you. Um, So, yeah, we'll just kind of jump in and um, talking about uh, spirituality. Um, What have been kind of the most significant moments in, like, your spiritual journey, the things that have shaped you the most that have kind of led you to where you are now?
1: Oh, good Lord. How long, how long is this podcast? It
0: can be as long as you want.
1: (laughs) I remember, uh, seeing Midnight Oil. They're an Australian band. Seen them when I was 18 at the Aragon Ballroom in Chicago. And their songs were about, Aboriginal rights and environmental degradation and the triumph of the human spirit and it was this defiant music calling out injustice and anything dehumanizing and yet it was also like they blew the roof off the joint it was just riveting you know what I mean it was yeah like,
0: yeah. yeah
1: it was like the angry prophet but who put on a great show? And I had never seen those two things together. Like, oh, could you, like, could you speak really, really loaded uh, nuclear truth? Like, truth that's, like, brimming with life and energy and possibility, but at the same time do it in such a way that, like, with a smile on your face. Uh, And... That was a huge, huge moment there was there was a there was a there was a huge like a pretty bad burnout i'd been just going too hard, too long, too fast, mm-hmm. and I had this uh uh even my body, my heart, my soul, my spirit were just done, just cooked um and uh, I remember realizing this way of life isn't working. I need some new way of doing it and like I got to rethink rhythm of life, balance, health. Uh, I need to figure out why I push myself so hard. So those are two things, moments that leap out to me. There are lots. There's actually an endless succession of them.
0: Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. Actually, yeah, I had a very spiritual experience at a U2 concert once. I was at um, sure in, in Cardiff. Yeah, it was just. um that's yeah.
1: the best church service a lot of people
0: have been to. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, I saw their Paris concert on TV. It was absolutely amazing. Just, um, yeah. Wow, cool. So, okay. Um, I've heard you speak before about like this being a kind of a huge, a season of kind of a huge shift in consciousness in terms of our spirituality and our f- approach to faith. Um, so kind of unpack that a bit. What is the kind of shift that you are? seeing happening and how is that our kind of how do you think that's going to outwork itself practically
1: Uh, right now in the world
0: well yeah yeah um,
1: I think that every major technological breakthrough brings with it a disruption that then creates new and greater consciousness I think the internet is doing that I think it's harder and harder to be isolated in your own little subculture and so I think a lot more people are realizing that the world is both bigger and smaller, bigger in that it's way more diverse and smaller in that we are way more connected. Uh, quantum physicists talk about quantum entanglement, this idea that all protons and electrons and particles are at some level talking to each other. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Like yeah. yeah.
1: And uh, I think we're all realizing that that's true beyond just subatomic particles. I think we're realizing that Mm. if we don't do our part to get people food and water and education, then they're vulnerable to radicalization and they can easily become targets for terrorist groups. I think everybody's realizing that all of this Mm. is connected to everything else and that the gap between the wealthiest and the poorest affects the wealthiest as much as it affects the poorest. Uh, I think that's actually what's happening right now, is mm. people are realizing this floating blue and green ball called Earth is our home, and it's the only home we get, and it's actually way more connected and interdependent than we realized.
0: Yeah, that's so true, isn't it? I, I mean, how do you kind of – I mean, I've heard you talk about um, you know, the, the, the church, you know, the kind of, in inverted commas, evangelical church, and – Kind of a progression that's going on there. That, that people it's going to be kind of irresistible eventually. Um, um, what, what do you think is kind of happening in the church, and how do you think things are going to progress there?
1: Well, it depends on what you mean by the church, because that's a that's almost like saying the humans. You know, yeah, I mean?
0: yes, yeah, uh, yeah, that that's a bad anything, bad, fra- bad phrase. But I but... do
1: know that people who claim to be announcing good news have. Uh, In many people's experience, the people who are announcing, who said they were announcing good news, what they were announcing is that billions of people are going to burn forever in hell. Mm. And that's not good news. That's a horror story. Yeah. So, and then secondly, lots of people are hungry. Lots of people are in despair. Lots of people are thirsty. Lots of people need education. And I think what you're seeing is a growing number of people realizing if the Jesus message is good news, that it needs to be good news for people who are hungry and good news for people who need to learn how to read. And it's good news for people who need some health care. And that's what I see happening is people rallying together um, and actually working to bring good news to people in very real and tangible ways. And that's really inspiring. So, uh, And then I think church is a verb. Absolutely. Uh, It's a, a way of being in the world. It's these people who you are moving through life with. And I think it's a much more fluid and dynamic thing than just a building in an hour on Sunday.
0: Absolutely, I completely agree with you. It's it's about it's about community, isn't it? About relationship, about you know, uh, meeting the needs of the people that you know that need it. You know, so if there's someone in your community that needs food or whatever, then. You know, yeah, I mean, like in my community, we have um, a bunch of churches getting together to form this one charity, and this one charity is kind of doing food banks and street pastors and um, and uh, you know meeting other needs in our community, like a woman's refuge and stuff like that. And that's just a bunch of like churches getting together to you know serve the community, yep. and that's that's church, isn't it? I mean, that's
1: it's fantastic. What, it's fantastic.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. So what about you? What about your kind of daily spiritual practices or ones that you kind of would maybe recommend to other people as well?
1: Uh, I make breakfast for my kids and that's a major practice. Um, cause awesome. if we make a big, good breakfast for me, there's something about, we did that right. If we did that right, maybe we can do the rest of the day. Okay. Um, so to me, I think you begin with lower the bar, (laughs) you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Lower the bar, make it something you can actually do. Um, I love reading Rumi, the 12th century Sufi mystic. There's something about Rumi that, uh, opens me up. It's probably the best way to say it. And then, uh, my practice. Practice my work. Practice is I. Each morning, I have a number of things to create. So I write mm-hmm. or work on the next talk or work on the next podcast. Or um, there's a window of when when the juices flow, when the mojo's on. And if I show up and I'm there during that time, things happen. And uh, so it's it's a very very practical sort of just show up and work on the next thing. Um, and then I go surfing. And the ocean for me is, that's where the, whatever's empty gets filled back up. Uh, the ocean has some power to like, I don't even know what to call it, um, but it does something to me. So that's what, that's some of the practice. Yeah. And then good food.
0: Oh yeah. You can't beat, you can't beat good food. I actually tried my first burrito recently and I couldn't believe how good it was.
1: You, um, oh, did you say burrito? Yeah. Oh, uh, welcome to the promised
0: land. <laughs> I know. I was like, because we were rushing to get somewhere and this burrito place was just around the corner. So we we're like, I'll get some burritos quickly. And I was like, I've never had one of these. So I grabbed one and I ate it and I was like, what have I been doing my life? My whole right. life? You know? <laughs> what have you been doing with your life? <laughs> <laughs> and I've got to, have, got to have more of these. <laughs> so, that is well, I don't particularly like really spicy food, so I do not have the all the peppers and stuff. But nevertheless yeah lovely <laughs> um <laughs> yeah so um yeah okay so you've just released the new book um how to be here um, yes which i've finished reading and is just yeah blew my mind um <laughs> the end of that but tight. the end the end of that the end of the book as well the, the last kind of section the stories at the end and taken in context with the rest of the book about being fully present and all that kind of thing just um yeah, <laughs> makes you look at things a whole different way. So, just tell us a bit about the book and unpack what it's about a little bit. Uh,
1: Fifteen years ago, I hit my head um, doing a backflip water skiing, doing a bunch of backflips water skiing. I got a closed head injury, like you saw in the book. I tell the story about.
0: Mm, yeah,
1: it sort of knocked me out, but I, I came to when they brought me home from the hospital, and I. For whatever had happened in my brain with the concussion, I could see my life like I'd never seen it. You know what I mean? It was like, giving a, I, I, it was like I got a tour of my life.
0: Mm. And my
1: head, however a brain injury works, my brain didn't have energy to think about the future, which is where worry comes from. It didn't have energy to think about the past, which is where regret comes from. My, my, my brain could only be in the present moment. And the present moment was absolutely unreal, and uh, it was so, it was so good. Um, and I'm like most people. I, at the time, had emails and phone calls and work and going here and going there, and for about a week there, it took about a week for the symptoms to go away. But for a week, my brain would only allow me to be in the present moment. And the present Mm -hmm. moment wasn't just enough. It was more than enough. And it was like it created within me this taste for a better way of living. Like what would it be like to not be distracted all the time? What would it be like to not always be pressured and stressed? And so in some ways the book is uh, what I've learned over the past 15 years because I realized the world I grew up in taught me how to work hard, taught me how to get stuff done, but I didn't really pick up how to be – present to mm. my own life so I wouldn't feel like life was passing me by so uh that's what the book's about and it's almost like uh here's how to not feel like you're skimming the surface of your life here's what I've
0: learned wow yeah well it is good I can t- testify to that um yeah definitely And now one yeah one of the, as you, you mentioned one of the things in the book is built kind of being fully present um so yeah, uh, yeah <laughs> and, huge, huge.
1: it feels like almost like it's like the disease of the modern world, yeah, is everybody's on their phones,
0: yeah,
1: uh, it's like the like the ancient story about Moses and the burning bush that the bush was burning the whole time, um, but Moses was just moving slowly enough to see it, yeah. and uh it's like, are you passing burning bushes all the time, but you're checking your texts? And you're, mm. and you're missing them.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's a great question of our age.
0: It's so, yeah. I mean, since I read the book, um, especially I've been doing it before, but since I read it, um, I mean, like today I was um, out in a park going for a walk and it's quite a sunny day. And I was like, I was intentionally just doing... What you're talking about, and you're just looking up at this tree that, that was above me, this big tree. And I could, I actually started to notice individual leaves and like their colors and all this kind of thing. And I was just yeah. like, totally focused That's on That's what'll happen to you. And it was like, it was just this, like this, yeah, it was this amazing moment. I didn't want it to end. It was yeah. just, uh, it was right, just, right, right. Yeah. And, and that then, you've
1: just been there the whole time. That tree in that park have been near your house, the whole, your apartment, the whole time, whatever it is. They've been right there. Yeah. The whole time yeah 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 and i think for many people they intuitively know there's way more going on in the course of an average ordinary every every day but how do you access it how do you not just rush to the next thing and uh that's what i'm trying to do with this book here are some very practical ways to think about not rushing to the next
0: thing yeah definitely And, and so yeah i mean one thing that like I've, I've talked about how you know I'm trying to be fully more more fully present, but um, and you know how the past is about regret and the future is about is, is worry and all that kind of thing. Um, but obviously we need to kind of still kind of it's still healthy to to make plans and to have goals and that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, to be you know, that's kind of a responsible thing to do. But so how do we kind of manage to stay fully present, right? Whilst right. actually whilst facing those kind of realities.
1: You know, it's interesting my editor when he read the first draft of the book, he said he said most books about presence are about detachment and disengagement. Like here's how to sit on a cushion, here's how to meditate, here's how to step out of the flow of your life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he said he said but this book is about how to be present as you're actually going, as you're actually doing when you're actually making plans, this isn't a book about disengagement. This is a book about how to be present when you're engaged Mm. and busy. Um, And one of the things like you saw in the, the, how the book opens with, Mm. for many people, the world is a static fixed place. that's already been established. And so you sort of go out into it and try to find your place. Um, But there's another way to see the world, which is that it's unfinished and that you create your life. And so you go out and you create the world. Yeah. And so we take part, it's a great Jewish idea. We take part in the ongoing creation of the world. And for many people, their life is happening to them because at some level they picked up that the world is just going to go on and they, it's sort of life happens to them. But I think a much more beautiful and healthy way to see the world is you are creating your life because you are taking part in the ongoing creation of the world. So what kind of life are you going to create? And if you can find just one thing in your life that you can change, that you can make better, just one thing you can, that can change everything. You know what I mean? Just one tiny little click from disempowered to empowered can change everything.
0: So making those small changes, like, you absolutely know, finding one thing you can be fully present in, in, yeah. Um, yeah, I suppose it's kind of like we talk. Cause you talk about Sabbath in the book, and yes, and that's kind of a very important. I I've, I've been writing a book about um, identity and stuff like that, and one of the chapters I've been doing writing is on Sabbath. And the thing I've kind of found is uh, is Sabbath is something you're meant to build your week around. It's meant to be that first, and everything else orientates around it. And
1: yes, yes,
0: and it's kind of, and that's a really good place to kind of practice being fully present and not being distracted because, and just to lay stuff down, I think.
1: Right. And when you flip it around and you start with Sabbath, it really does change things. It really does change the week. It's quite astounding what can happen there. Yeah. Good. More people should be writing about Sabbath. I'm all for it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I did a bit of research as well into the science of it, and it's just like all so clear, you know that. Um, yes. Just you know, we're kind of designed that way, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, the one thing you mentioned in the book is how um, I think wasn't it about animals in a zoo or something like that, and how oh,
1: so, yeah, there's some there's some people who've written about that that animals in the zoo if they're left out on display more than six days begin to de- demonstrate adverse behaviors.
0: <laughs> I think that's fascinating. Cause it's just... I think that's, that sort of thing's fascinating. Just how nature's just like it's already built into the cycles of nature that we're not meant to work seven days. You know that we're meant to take absolutely, a rest.
1: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: Yeah. So I mean, kind of, how does that look for you? I mean, I know that you practice Sabbath and you've talked about that a lot. But so how do you kind of? I mean, obviously because you're touring and stuff, and sometimes you kind of speaking on Saturdays. And you said that Saturdays always your Sabbath. So how do you kind of?
1: Oh, yeah. This tour now that I'm doing where I'm on Saturdays, we're doing these how to be here events uh, basically means it was actually this week was hard because it's like flipping the week around Mm. and then making like the middle of the week. Sort of the step aside and you know what I mean? Yeah, make the flip the week around. But that's man, that's hard. I'm sort of having to flip flip everything around and then the weekends are like maximum output and then the middle of the week is when I'm trying to like everything die down but nobody else is mellowing out on Wednesday you know what I mean so, like all of a sudden email stopped coming on Wednesday so uh, I'm all screwed up right now I'll figure it out but man it's frustrating
0: <laughs> I suppose it's not, it's like, that's what happens when you change your rhythm though isn't it I mean it's, right because
1: like, yesterday and today I was like okay just land the plane like just check out but Yeah. So that's one of the huge things I think for people when they realize their life is completely out of whack and they Hmm. try to sort of, uh, when people try to sort of rearrange their life is you have to just give yourself tons and tons of grace. You know what I mean? You have to be so easy on yourself. Yeah. You have to be, uh, you have to just relax, um, and just remember that you're learning you're making adjustments and when you do end up Kristen and i my wife and i have this language spinning when things start spinning you mm. have to just stop yourself and be like okay so apparently i'm too busy or i'm not sticking to my rhythms or something and just you just relax it's a gift so just remember that you're going to endlessly be tweaking it
0: yeah 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 absolutely and talking about giving yourself grace i i've I, my um my first book um is which is coming out in a few months is about grace and um that's one of the chapters that I think I've put in is you know giving ourselves grace because mm-hmm. we're just allowing for the fact that we're not perfect and that we're not you know we don't have infinite amounts of energy and we can't do everything um I think that's really really important so um yes yeah, yeah. um So, you know, we live in a kind of culture which is kind of results focused, you know, um, success, kind of your own values often comes, is tied to numbers, you know, it's tied to money and followers and viewers, whatever. Um, and you know, i kind of, and I see that a lot in writers groups that I'm part of. I see that a lot talked about, um, you know, and I've, I've always kind of said that it's doing the work you have to do, which matters the work that's kind of in your heart that you care about. Uh Uh Um, and then you have to kind of like surrender the result, you know? Um, but I've, I've had times where I've released work that's not done well. And, you know, and I've had this kind of perspective of it doesn't, it doesn't matter. The result doesn't matter. That's not why I did it. But nevertheless, there's still that little thing inside of you it kind of feels a bit hurt and still feels a bit rejected. I don't know if, if this is if you've been through this, but how do you kind of deal with that like I don't want to feel this way about my, sure. about a failure, but something inside of me does, and I need to do something with that uh
1: well I- There is the full spectrum of human experience and you have to let yourself respond to experiences however you're responding. So grief, joy, loss, lament, happiness all demand expression. And uh, you made something, you poured yourself into it. First off, the joy is in the work because you can't control the outcomes. So part of the work is something compelled you to make that and at some level you find your joy there. You find your joy in the fact that you got to make it. Secondly, that's very real. Uh, it's very real possibility that there may be no response to something. And I've had a number of things I've done that were just nobody cared. And I so much blood, sweat and tears making it. And, uh, That's just part of the experience. And I think if you can surrender on the front end, if you can work to find joy in the making of it, then you're in a better place if no one cares. Um, And if somebody does respond, for me, uh, I mean, this book that just came out, you saying something kind about the book just means the world to me. It just is overwhelming because it was enough of a joy to make it uh, because that was what was in me. And a good reception is just it sort of blows me away. There's this line in the scriptures about grace upon grace. And uh, you do make things because if you're making things because you want to help people or you want to share it with the world and it doesn't have the response, then sometimes there's just grief in there. Oh, that isn't what I thought it was going to be. And sometimes you just have to face the fact that you had a bunch of assumptions that didn't turn out to be true. And that's... uh, almost like a death. You know what I mean? It's like, almost yeah. like a, it's almost like, yeah. a, like a funeral. Like I had this idea and it was alive in me and then it died. Um, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and then also most bands they'll record, they'll, they'll write a hundred songs in order to try and record 10 good ones for an album. Yeah. So you just keep, you just make lots of things. You just try, you just, if, if your work is, especially in work, that's considered more creative, you make lots and lots and lots of things knowing that some of them no one will care about. And there's always the chance if you make lots of things, at some point, it, it may you may strike. It may be the right thing in the right place in the right moment. And um, you're all the more grateful. So the experience you had where it didn't go where you wanted it, let that then, when you do make something that somebody does appreciate, then appreciate it all the more. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's almost like you convert it into, um, it, you just become even more overwhelmed that you get to do this.
0: Yeah, and I always sense that in you that you're truly, you really are kind of grateful for anyone <laughs> who kind more of more
1: overwhelmed. I'm more like, really, you like that? That's amazing. Thank you for saying that. That's incredible.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I actually I kind of felt that with this podcast because I only started this like a year ago eight months ago and I didn't know I had no idea what I was doing to start with and I just kind of
1: joined the club on that one yeah just talking to a microphone and stuff happens
0: it's yeah. bizarre literally got a microphone here that's it I'm at my laptop in my lounge you know um yes and um but yeah the more I've talked to people and the more I've done it it's just kind of like well I just enjoy doing that and you know I don't particularly look at the numbers okay you know, maybe I do occasionally but um it's just the kind of experience of it um, yes, and actually, I found that easier than I do with writing. I suppose maybe because writing is always a thing that I kind of felt like I could do. You know. The... Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Got it. Some mediums. Some mediums feel more like comfortable. Like for you, writing, and then you try another one, and it's kind of similar, but not really. And you're like, I don't know, what? What is this? And that's all. It all humbles you, and it all. Uh, yeah. It's like you're st- the power of it. Is no matter how much proficiency you have in one area, you switch to a different medium and you still have to start over and respect the the way that medium works. And that's really good for the soul. Yeah. It's good to yeah. like have that wide eyed sense of I'm just trying to figure this out, just tweaking just turning some knobs here, trying to see how it works. Yeah. Um, that's like really good for the soul. It makes you feel alive. It, it reminds you that you're a student.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I found that with coaching as well. I didn't ask to start coaching other writers, but I started doing it and I loved it. I absolutely oh, loved that's it. That's great. And literally I, I like you know, didn't get paid for it, didn't you know, no hardly anyone knew about it, but just seeing that person um thrive and grow and find themselves and stuff was just like the biggest buzz ever. You know. And I still get a buzz from it now. So, um yeah, I think that's true. Um so, I mean, we've already kind of touched on this, but kind of, how do you kind of keep, because obviously someone kind of who's kind of more high profile like you are, like there's always, there must be that temptation around you, even if it's not from yourself, um, to kind of impress or please people, or, you know, or that so kind of somehow your income comes from this and whatever. Um, so how do you kind of maintain that kind of integrity and authenticity in in what you do and in your life as well.
1: Every single thing I've ever done because I was trying to impress somebody was awful. It was a mess. I felt terrible and it ended up being just complete rubbish. So somewhere along the way, the only thing that works is this ruthless integrity to just keep asking, what's the next thing to make here? What's the next thing that's in me? And... What I learned over time is the thing that was in me, if I was true to it, the the poet Mark Nepo talks about going far enough into somebody else that you find yourself, and the inverse of that is true. You go far enough into yourself, and you begin to find the universals. Um, wow. (laughs) And what I've discovered, like how to be here. I was literally just telling stories and naming what I've learned. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's
1: very particulars. I tell very particular stories in the new yeah. book
0: yeah, and sort of, of what,
1: there. how that helped shape me and what I learned from that. And if you go far enough into it, the particulars take you into the universals. I'm now somehow I'm now connecting with you on the other side of the planet yeah you know what I mean yeah uh, exactly yeah so that's how you, you uh that you listen to what's happening inside of you and then like my work is I work really really hard to name the thing I see around me and other people in the world that I'm also seeing within myself I try and simply name what I'm seeing and somehow if I'm true to that it seems to work out okay it's very it's it's ruthlessly hardworking and pragmatic and it's also incredibly vague and mysterious
0: yeah <laughs> yeah at the same time. Yeah, um, I, I, yeah
1: but when people are like you know i i just I, I don't know what to write about i'm just wondering what people are interested in hearing about i, I don't I, I cannot relate to that i i got way too much stuff in me so I I cannot relate to that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know, it kind of breaks my heart when I see writers who are kind of putting out there, like, what do you think I should make next? What do you know, what would you like me to write about? What would you, you know, and they call it kind of, um, oh, I'm trying to build relationship with my readers, or I'm trying to um, serve my readers better, you know, and I kind of get that logic, but I don't, but I kind of think it's sacrificing a bit of integrity. I think it's like, <laughs> just make what what you want to make. You like don't kind of like. Yeah, wait for it seems to... like
1: the way that you build a relationship with your readers is they read you because they are interested in what you have to say. So what do you have to say?
0: Exactly. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's just common sense, isn't it? Like to me anyway, and to you obviously as well. <laughs> but yeah, I just because I've got. I mean, I've got like I don't know how many books in my head have I got. I think I've got, I'm writing, well, I've I've got one just about to come out. I've got, I'm writing one. I've got another, like, two or three in my head. And a, and a, and like a script as well. Idea for a script for something, you know. And I'm going to make those whether people want to hear, whether people want me to make them or not. Because they're just in me, you know. And that's, and that's what I tell to people all the time about writing. It's like, you know, because I've, I've had writers come to me and say, oh, I feel like a failure because I'm not making money. And.
1: Yeah, and that's something that I talk about in the book. There might be something you love, but getting a paycheck for it might ruin it.
0: Yeah, I like you, that, yeah. You're,
1: you, Putting paycheck weight on the shoulders of something you love may actually rob it of its joy in your life. And that's a really important thing because there's this weird thing out there. If you love it, then you should get paid for it. And that's not true. And, you know, there's this guy, well, if you love it, then you should go do X and somebody should pay you for it. Um, But that might actually ruin it. Mm -hmm. If you had to wake up in the morning, if you had to wake up and produce writing, fresh, original writing, you might suddenly despise it. It might be a, you know, a chain around your neck. So I think these are really important things to talk about with people. And you might need a crap job that takes no intellectual ability that you just show up and you get paid so that you have all of this pent-up energy and creativity so you can go do the other things you need to do. Yeah. That's how some people do it. You know what I mean? Like some people, Yeah. Uh, how you work this out will be how you work it out. It'll be your path. And it may, it'll may it be look different than other people's paths, but um, sometimes you just need to keep the food on the table and the lights on, and you have a job that does that, and that's great, fine, good. Now you're free. Now yeah. you can like really do something.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: I especially say this to pastors, like mm. you realize that if you did something else and got paid for it, then in your church, you could say and do whatever you want. You could literally hmm. go wherever spirit was taking you. Um, yeah. And that's probably what the people in your church want anyway. That's why they're there. they they're like, let's go. Yeah. Um, uh, and when you're like i don't know if i say that i might lose my job that you've instantly um now you're not free and nothing's more dangerous than somebody who's free
0: yeah oh totally That oh man that's that's incredible cuz we're such a we can be such a slave to our paycheck can't we you know that because it pays our bills and puts food on the table and whatever you know we can yeah. it's easy to get kind of caught up in fear isn't it like to to kind of say well i better not go quite there because I might not make as much money or I might have to lose my job, that kind of thing. And
1: I have friends who are writers who have written massive, massive books, like Mm. millions of copy books, who kept their day job and wrote in the morning and the evenings just because then their writing was free. They were just free to go wherever the writing took them. And mm. they literally would wake up, write, go to work, come home, um, write some more, write a bit on the weekends, because that job created this foundation and stability that then gave them the freedom to just write whatever they needed to write.
0: Yeah. That's...
1: And uh, so I think sometimes for people, if you're supposed, your path will unfold, but if you're waiting to do the thing just start doing it now however you can do it do it in the margins of your life do it late at night just do whatever little bits and pieces you can and it may lead somewhere but you you have way more power right now to create your life and to do the things you want to do you have way more power than you realize right now
0: yeah that's true i i'd love that i always to actually some some one thing i always say to people is look at what you're already doing you know kind of listen to yeah. your life kind of thing, you know, cause you might be doing something in your job, like as part of your job, which you love. Um, and you didn't even realize you were doing it. Like, like you said, like, you know, if you're a pastor and you quit kind of serving, like being paid by the church and go and work in Starbucks, you'll be a pastor, but you'll be in Starbucks, you know?
1: And they um, have better health benefits.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At
1: least in the States. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't know what they are. I don't know what they are here. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, that's true. Um where now? Where where can I go with this? Um,
1: yeah, let's let's do a couple more.
0: Yeah. Um, so so how many kind of, so how many books have you got in your head at the moment? What what's what's kind of next for you? Uh,
1: there are four that are. I'm actually looking at my computer right here. There are four that are all outlined, and. Wow. Uh, that I'm that are pretty solid. Like I like and one of them's written, one of them's fully outlined, one of them is actually fully outlined and mostly written. Uh and one of them is yeah. So there's four there and then there's like a uh, one, two, three more past those that are just rough outlines and ideas. It's kinda of maddening. Wow. It's actually right now I'm looking at it like stay calm. It'll all get done. Relax.
0: <laughs> seven, seven books. Man, that's exciting.
1: Um, yeah, but
0: crikey.
1: they take a long time to sort of the gestation period takes a while. So a couple of these that I'm looking at are years away. They've got to sit for a long time. And they just sort of yeah. they sort of marinate. They sort of mature. It's like planting something in the ground. But I but I I got a couple of them are like past. It's almost like You have to do it, or it's the window closes, or something. I don't know what it is, but
0: yeah, that's how it works. Bizarre. Yeah, Uh, yeah, that's what happened with me. Like I've got, I've got loads of folders on my computer with book ideas, and and then I just kind of anything that comes into my head, I just write it down. Yeah, you have to put it in the folder. You know, I mean, the book I'm writing now has been kind of been in the works for a couple of years, probably. You know, and um, I'm only now writing it. You know. My editor says to me, you need to be have one book you're kind of launching, promoting, whatever, one book you're writing, and one you're kind of, like, you know, planning and all that kind of thing. That's but, good. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's probably true. Um, and that's kind of a... Because I'm still all new at this. This is all kind of new to me. I've never published a book before or anything. So the whole publishing world is, like, not me at all. I'm just kind of like, I just want to make the stuff, you know. Yep. I just want to write right. the work. Um, yeah, so... I mean, if there's one thing you could say to bring hope to people on their journey, like if you could just pass on one thing to people who are maybe people who are listening to give them hope, what would would you say?
1: Oh, when I talk about hope, I always begin with death. You're going (laughs) to (laughs) die. You're going to die. You're only here for a little bit. And all of the fear and worry about things going wrong, things will go wrong. People will break your heart. You'll lose money. There will be days of despair. So you do have today. And you do have this moment. And you do have tremendous power right now. You can be grateful. You can take a deep breath. You can try things. Life is difficult enough. You might as well be trying something that fills you with curiosity and wonder and hope you, you know what i mean you're yeah,
0: gonna, yeah yeah
1: you're gonna die and yeah the problem is we all pretend like we're not like everything we're gonna be here for a long time and whatever you do don't do that because that might not turn well or you might lose money if you do that or people might not understand if you do that they may not understand if you do exactly what you're doing like if you're living your life mm. trying to protect yourself from heartache It will find its way to you one way or another. It might as well find its way to you, and when it finds you, you're doing something that you love. You might as well—the whole thing's a risk, so you might as well take a risk in an interesting direction. Um, The power of the skull in art and religion is that it reminds us that we're all going to die, and the power of that is that you do have life right now like your friend dies of cancer and at the funeral you realize that could have been me I should do something with my life Yeah, live your life like that right now and there are very very few guarantees but you can right now decide I'm going to actually live I'm going to actually do something with yeah. this and if I fall flat on my face I will fall flat on my face doing something that I was enjoying Yeah, and that's when things get interesting yeah. that's actually a way of living you you might actually, in the end, do some, <laughs> you might actually have a good time. <laughs> yeah. If so you begin with, there is an urgency, there's an urgency to the book. Like, you create your life, you're creating it right now, so create something that actually brings you some life, because there's always the chance if it brings you some life, it might bring some other people some life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. That's so good. That's so good. And yeah, I've got to say, this book is, it really is amazing. Um, no, that's
1: so, that's so kind of you.
0: Um, it really, it, you know, it's kind of just that being fully present, just that idea, that last couple of chapters. Just, <laughs> I just keep reading it because it just uh, keeps like, so good. I, Thank you. That's what I want to be doing. I want to notice the sky, you know, I want to notice the, the yeah. leaves on the trees, I yeah. wanna, you know, that kind of thing. And just like, because yeah. it, you I want to see the ocean. Yeah, well, I can't see the ocean from here, unfortunately. But <laughs> um, I'm in the middle of London. The proverbial
1: but, ocean. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I know what you mean. But um, yeah, so thank you, Rob. That's just My been pleasure. so First good. My pleasure. time on
1: James Talks. Good yeah, times.
0: Hopefully, it's not the last. I'd love to have you back. And uh,
1: maybe I'll see you next time I'm in London. There might be some plans in the works. Who knows?
0: Yeah, we'll that would be awesome. Then. I was going to ask about that. Actually, yeah. So you're coming to London? That's awesome.
1: We'll see. Uh, We're working on some stuff. We'll see. But I'd always love to come to London.
0: Cool. Well, thanks again, Rob, for coming on. It's been such a privilege to have you on here today. Uh, Really, really grateful. It's been so inspiring, so encouraging. Um, Really, really grateful. And uh, I know that everyone listening, you'll have been, I'm sure you've been just as inspired and encouraged as I have today. Um, So if you want to check out Rob's work, if you're not familiar with it, go to his website, robbell.com. There you can find... Uh, information about all his books you can find out about his tours um, and his videos his short films that he's done his podcast which is called the Robcast and if you want to see him on his current tour you can go and get tickets at that site as well and I definitely recommend that Uh, having seen Rob live he's just awesome Um, and yeah grab his new book How To Be Here Uh, that's available now Um, wherever books are sold, basically, so um, I read that in three days, it's been life-changing for me, so go and check that out, and yeah, so take care everyone, and we will talk soon.